You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Monday, uh, Scorcher Outside, but uh, Scorcher Inside, too, with our guest today. Yeah, we got a good one again, uh, Greg Byrne, coming in to tell us what's going on over in the uh, SEC and how they're trying to lead the way into a college football season. So I just want to talk to him a little bit about how are things different over there compared to over here. More money. That's my guess. Well, there's that, but you know, um, She's more human. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm interested to see what his perspective is. He's uh, just fit wrapping up his. He's just wrapped up his third year at uh, at Alabama and third you know, year. Well, yeah, wow. he left in 2017. Wow. Yeah. So I'd I'd love to see just how he compares things and you know is he is he all used to how you know seemingly things are much more serious over there, particularly as it relates to football. I'm wondering if he's wearing those same red pants. Just different red pants. They're, they're different red, so I'm Crimson. guessing not. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's still got some red pants and probably a red plaid jacket, but I think Alabama's red is a little darker than Arizona's right, red. Right, right, no question. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hadn't spoke to him uh, in a while, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, three years. I don't know if that's a long time or a short time, but it feels... Different. Feels like it's been not that long. Yeah, right, right, you right. Know, but uh, yeah, he's, he's he's been gone a while. Right. I know you've been wanting to get him on the show for a yeah, while. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I, I ran into him a lot. His son Davis went to my kids my kids high school, so Davis was on the basketball team, and I was a PA announcer for basketball, so I'd see him all the time. And you know, he was there a lot, so you could you knew that it was important to him to to. To you know, see his son. Be, to be, you know, see his son play and that kind of stuff. So, you know, he'd come around quite a bit. So I, I ran into him a bunch during that period of time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he stopped by our tailgate party a time or two over uh, over on the McHale lawn. But, uh, you know, uh, he's he was always, you know, he was one of those guys that remembered everybody's names. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and I also want to get him to uh, see if he can continue to bug my son about going to get his master's degree he was always on him about that oh really and adam still hasn't done it so um i'm i'm, I'm gonna see if i'll get if i can get him to go on there go you know give adam a buzz drop him a text or something like that and say you know go get it who knows adam might be uh not as busy as we all think come uh, the fall <laughs> exactly so anyways it's uh you know but but greg's you know he was very friendly to me always um i loved a lot of the things that he did at arizona and uh you know when he took that job i thought you know he He's probably the right guy for that job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll get to that about 6.15 when he calls in from Alabama. Uh, let's talk a little bit about sports. There's still stuff going on. You catch the last two episodes of the uh, Michael Jordan? I did, and it was it was real interesting in the, the, the episode nine, nine which was the yeah. first mm-hmm. episode yesterday. Spent a lot of time on Steve Kerr and, and that whole, uh, his whole time with, with uh the uh, the the Bulls and it went back and and really spent a good deal of amount of time of uh, on uh, on the assassination of his father. I, I had never that was tough. I I had never heard his dad speak on camera. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I hadn't really heard. You know, we all know the story, of course, yeah. but never really saw him communicate that way. 
And that that was really tough, and you could tell it was still it's, tough. Sure, this is forty two years later or yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, it was what nineteen eighty three, I think. Eighty four, eighty three, eighty four. But you, you you know that was uh, you could tell it was still really hard for Steve, and you know Steve's an old guy now, so you know he, yeah. and you, you can tell you could tell that he had a special relationship with his dad growing up, and he still you know credits his dad with a lot of his success now mm -hmm. uh, in the, in terms of the way uh, his dad mentored him, and so. You could tell it was meaningful to him to be able to tell the story. Right, right. No, it was it was a great story. Uh, it, it, the nine o'clock hour, both they were both were very good, but obviously it meant a lot to people who are friends with me and you because I saw it on Facebook. Everybody loved the, the right. ninth hour. Everybody loved the ninth hour. And Steve kind of he was a bit big player in this ten ten in uh, the whole thing. Uh -huh, yeah, he was he was on it th all throughout, and so. Um, you know, and he, it, it's funny because he's seen as having been a big part of it. And I think that just goes to show the kind of impact he can have. You know, as he said, I'm not the best player, um, you know, or, or any of that. But, you know, people still regard him as somebody that, you know, can lead. And, and he, oh, sure. he did that even at, you know, as a role player with the Bulls. Mm. And, and, and you know, I, I liked where, you know, uh, Jordan after that, Steve hit that game-winning shot at the – I think it was against the Pacers in game six or game seven, whatever it was. And, and uh, said, you know, Steve earned his wings tonight. Right, right. I personally thought Steve earned his wings a long time ago, <laughs> right. but I'm not Michael Jordan to say. Right, right, right. No, I was fortunate enough to be there for game six when he hit the game winner versus Utah. And it was just unbelievable. That was, that was a great time for me. Um, a lot of fun watching it. Um, it was a great 10 part series yeah you know and, and I look forward to it every night you know there's a lot of people saying what now you know and people making <laughs> suggestions about okay the next uh, you know 10 part series you know people say you know <clears throat> do um, Tiger Woods a lot of people in Tucson were suggesting Steve Kerr um, you know people want to see something like that on the dream team although I mean how do you do 10 you parts on a summer you know of basketball but you know, there were a lot of suggestions uh, rolled out there to, uh, you know, to do something like that again. But you know what? I think obviously part of why we were so interested in it was because of the timing of when it sure. when it ran. Sure, no question. And back then, they had already set up for the cameras to be there. Right. Uh, exclusively. Yeah. Right. If nobody's following, yeah. you know, following you around with cameras, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, if they hadn't done that right. hadn't given them that access this this series doesn't take place because right. you're not going to do it after the fact right right no it was interesting how it was done kind of going forward coming back going forward coming right, back right. full circle it was it was very well done i thought it was i thought it was put together really well mm -hmm. um the 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 director's been on uh, dan patrick a couple of times and he was on again this morning talking about he's a young guy yeah right and he's uh, a really young guy i i just you know i'm I, curious to know how he got the gig to do that but um i thought he did a really really good job i i, I thought the way it was constructed mm -hmm. was great that you that take you to now take you back mm. they 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 spent time on the various personalities that were meaningful to the whole thing they covered some stuff and yeah they glossed over a few things you know they they glossed over the uh the gambling thing a little bit uh, on michael um that whole story last night about the the pizza and the food poisoning during the quote-unquote flu game I, I i'm hearing a lot of people today saying that they believe that story less than they believe the flu story. Oh. So, uh, you know, people say the, there's no way five guys would have gotten past security 
to deliver a pizza to Michael Jordan's room. And I can attest to that a little bit because there was a summer I was on business in San Francisco and the dream team was at the second dream team. So the second Olympic team was was at my hotel and you had to show your key card just to get inside the hotel, then you had to show it again to get on the elevator, then you you had to show it again to get off the elevator. Yeah. So for me to think that, you know, a couple of years later, five guys could have gotten in and all the way up to Michael Jordan's room, I kind of have trouble. The five guys I had trouble, I was in Salt Lake during that time because I traveled back and forth. I remember the flu game, it was the flu game back in the day, uh, but we knew at the time it was it was food poisoning, um, just a little while later. Um, but um, he spit on the pizza yeah, and all that, that stuff. Thing. So yeah, I don't know. Um, again, it, just more to talk about. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the end, it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing, you know, he he was sick and he played and they won. And they won, right? Right, right, right. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Get a hold of Greg and come back on the other side here on ten thirty. The Voice. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Hey, welcome back to Why in the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera along with Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have the pleasure of having Greg Byrne. How are you, Greg? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Well, we're doing we're doing okay, Greg. We're just kind of hanging out here like everybody else. And so, you know, we wanted to see what you can tell us about how much longer we're going to be hanging out like this, uh, not watching football and stuff. So I just, I just want to get right to the point. I, the reason we asked you to be on the show, because we wanted you to come on our show and say that September 5th game with USC is on. Well, it is on. <laughs> um, what what we said and, 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 you know, when this all started – as you can imagine, we got calls from a lot of the national media, local media, and they're saying, you know, what, are you going to be able to have football? Should you move it to the spring? Or is it even going to happen at all? And, and uh, shortened season. And I said, and when I first started getting the question right after we got back from the SEC basketball tournament where things kind of, everything got put on hold, I, I said, guys, it's March. You know, we, we've got almost six months till we, kick off the football season and, and there's so much we don't know right now and, and what I would tell you right now is what we knew what we knew two months ago we know a lot more right now and I think what we'll know two months from now is even more and obviously what this is is very serious we got to listen to the health experts and be there and have them guide us through this and that's what we're doing but I can tell you in my conversations with um, our, our medical school uh, through the University of Alabama system is at University of Alabama, Birmingham. So talking to the medical folks there, talking through our, our doctors that we deal with, um, you know, I, I, until there's a until there's not a virus, until there's a vaccine, um, I think it's going to be a multi-step way for us to kind of get back to whatever our new normal is and that's through uh increased testing that 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 i think is coming online i'm encouraged from what i'm hearing about that 
uh, and and more rapid testing and and you know there's I think there's opportunities for saliva based testing which obviously the way they're testing through the swab is is very challenging uh, tracing you know continuing to to uh, you have social distancing and, and and proper hygiene you know I think one of the things that is continuing to show more promise is just how much masks help uh, limit the the, um, the virus being you know transferred from from one person to another the transmission of it and you know depending on what you read it's it's certainly north of 90 percent and some some studies have shown 98 to 90 percent uh reduction in transmission if both you know if everybody in a room or everybody in an area is is wearing a mask and so i I think there's things that we can do you know i saw i saw one report that uh in a China study that studied over 7,000 uh, cases of coronavirus, that only one was uh, transmitted outside. Um, you know, does that mean you? You know, does that mean it can happen outside? It certainly can, but it's. But maybe there's a lot. There's a lot of information we're continuing to happen. Once we get all that information, we can make the right decision for the, the safety and wellness of our of our student athletes, for what's right for our fans. But I'm I'm more optimistic than I have been. Uh, about us having the ability to have a, a a fall sports season, so that's our volleyball team, that's our soccer team as well, and uh, and you know we do play a little football too. So you do that. Would be, uh, obviously, be a lot of fun to to have that happen. Man, you almost sound like a doctor, Greg. I, I don't know. It's a uh, it's a little scary to hear you talk about this stuff. Um, well, we we really wanted to get sort of an SEC perspective of, of of what's going on because you know from where we're sitting over here in in, in Pac-12 territory. There's a couple of things that we're hearing. One, the SEC is sort of out front of pretty much everybody else, and the Pac-12 is sort of behind because of the things that are going on and being said in California, Oregon, and Washington, which were kind of centers of, of a lot of the stuff that, w- that was going on. It seems things are starting to loosen up a little bit in California, but you know, from where you're sitting, you know, what what is the SEC's role from on a sort of on a national scale? Uh, in terms of having this converse, these conversations and making sure, you know, kind of leading and, and discussing some of the things that have to take place. Yeah, well, Jay, it, it's uh, we. we I, I'm on the NCAA football oversight committee, which is helps give direction to the NCAA from a governance standpoint of football. Um, so we're so there's a national level, but then there's the the conference level too. I can tell you, Greg Sankey, who d- is doing a wonderful job as our commissioner, uh, is is working with the other autonomy five, power five, whatever you want to call it, conferences, to try to work together and be on the same page in what's taking place. Obviously, the state governments in each of the areas are going to have a, a significant impact on what you can and can't do, whether it is playing playing sports in the fall whether you know what kind of crowds you can have uh, it's not going to be one size fits all and I think that's a I, when we had a uh, football oversight call a couple weeks ago we're meeting weekly right now but Dr. Hainline who's the chief medical officer for the NCAA was on the call with us and he he said it very well he said you cannot expect for the enterprise of college sports and what's right for the enterprise of college sports to expect everybody to come back at the same time. What it looks like in New York may be very different than what it looks like in Nebraska. I think the places, obviously, that have large populations, they're all on top of one another. That that makes 
the transmission, uh, you know, it's been easier in some of those areas as much as you don't want it to be. And, and so I think that it's something to where the, 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 all of the conferences want to work together and try to find decision-making that's right. But at each conference will end up doing what, you know, they think is the best thing for them that within their footprints and what those their state governments are going to, and even local governments are going to allow them to do. Uh, but I know the goal is to try to work together, and that's uh, very much been what the focus has been uh, with, with Greg Sankey and then with the other commissioners. And, and so that obviously, you know, I, I've seen some more positive comments come out of uh, out of a lot of the Pac-12 schools. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that uh, everybody across the country can play. And, uh, and that, that, that would be good for everybody, that's for sure. So, Greg, you're more optimistic now than you were a couple of, uh, months ago, but uh, you did not say whether that would be with fans or no fans. And we all know, especially you, you guys, uh, if there's no fans, there's no money. And that's huge. Yeah, yeah, Steve, it is. Um, you know, we're such an interesting uh, economic model. If you were starting a business, this is not what you would you wouldn't start college sports because you have two sports that turn a profit at at, at the autonomy five level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have football uh, at some schools, which has been is pro- very profitable. Other schools, barely, you know, not significantly profitable, but still is. And then you have men's basketball. Everything else, you know, at Alabama we have twenty one sports. At Arizona, I think we have twenty, and um, you know, and you have. We have 650 18 to 22 year olds. We have 350 employees plus a couple hundred student workers, and you know there's a lot of people that uh, you know are, are are dependent on the success of, of of having a football program that that that's going and and that's vibrant and healthy, and and so you know my hope is that we can have fans. We're selling our season tickets right now. We've been fortunate to have a very strong renewal rate our deadlines this week so we'll know more where the numbers are after this week but i know that uh, you know that that is an important part of it and it's not just because of what how it impacts the football program it's how it impacts women's basketball and your baseball program and your softball program and track and field and everybody across the board and um, you know when you're when you're inside the department on a daily basis and you, you know you, you get to be around that many 18 to 22 year olds and that many employees we had an all-staff meeting today via zoom with our entire department on Zoom today, and and you know they want to be back here. They want to coach the kids. They want to be around their student athletes and whatever their role is in the department. And and so obviously having that fall sports season is an important part of it. And, and hopefully um, hopefully fans can be a part of it. And that's our plan is to have them be part of it. And when, if we have to adjust, we're going to adjust. As you're seeing the other schools kind of maybe uh, start eliminating sports here and there, I, you don't have to say if you are or not. I'm sure you're not. Uh, but not. Uh, school, schools schools are going that way, which seems drastic, but almost impossible not to do. Yeah, it's, it's, see, you first for the, you feel so much for the kids involved in the program because you know being an NCAA, I was a decent athlete. Okay. I wasn't good enough to play for Arizona. I wasn't good enough to play for Alabama. Um, and and to be at this level, uh, you know, anything in Division One, you're you're really elite at what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, think about the state of Arizona every year. There may be there may be three kids good enough to play basketball either at Arizona, or Arizona State. Um, I mean, it's 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 as they say in the South, it's high cotton, right? Yeah. And and so. You just see these young men and young women have their programs cut. It's just devastating. I can tell you when I got into this, 
and I was around it my entire life. But, it, you know, when I realized that if I could, I w- would love to be an athletic director. One of the goals I had is I don't ever want to have to cut a sport uh, because you know, it was, I can tell you, when we got back from Nashville in March after the SEC basketball tournament had been canceled and, you know, the Pac-12 tournament ended up being canceled uh, and everybody else, and I walked back into, we had a head coaches meeting, and I walked into the conference room, and, and we had all of our head coaches in there for all the sports. I invited them all in so they could hear what was going on, but especially our spring sports. And I had the uh, Brad Bohannon, who we hired as the baseball coach three years ago, and, you know, the, he took over a very tough situation with our baseball program. It was it was really bad, and uh, not not to not to be critical with it, just it was in a very challenging spot. We we were a legitimate um, SEC tournament team this year because not everybody goes to the SEC tournament. We were a legitimate regional team, and to see the rebuilding job that he had done, our softball team started out as number one in the country until the Arizona Wildcats came to town and. And uh, and Coach Candre, who's the absolute best, you know they they had uh, another great ball club, and you know but we had we had national championship aspirations this year, and to tell those coaches and then to tell have them tell the kids, and I got to interact with a lot of them the best I could. You know you get so many, it's hard to it's hard to have as much interaction as what you'd like, but um, you know they uh, it, it was devastating for them. So that, I was just telling them that their season was canceled. Can you imagine if you're telling them that you can't have that anymore? And, you know, college athletics gets criticized a lot. And, and we are not, again, we are not a perfect organization. We're not a perfect enterprise. You know, both of you and Jay, I mean, you've been sitting there at the scorer's table with your brother for, you know, since how, years. how long? 30 years? 30 yeah, years. 100 years. <laughs> and, and please say hi to your brother, by the way. I'll do and, that. And Steve, you've been, follow, you've been following it for, for 30 years. decades, right? Mm, yep. Yeah. And, you know, it just it, it's such a you, you've seen you've seen the warts at times, but there is so much good that happens within college athletic departments. And you know, sometimes when you hear older folks, and it seems like I'm getting closer to that every day, say, "Oh, you know, I'm not sure about these up and coming kids." And you know, if you get to be around these kids, they're great. It's incredible, and you and you're and you feel great about the future. And you know, they're not perfect; they make mistakes. But they're they're a bunch of really good kids who are incredible athletes and doing things at eighteen to twenty two years old that you you forget their kids at times. But to to you know for those of us and I, I count two of you as, as two guys that have been around it, you see what there's so much good that takes place, and uh, and to see a program be dissolved is is it's heartbreaking for everybody involved. Greg, we're going to take a quick break here. Come right back. Is that cool with you? Yeah, you betcha. Great, great. Let's take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. On 1030 The Voice, I'm Steve Rivera, alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have former U of A AD, Greg Byrne. Okay, Greg, this is, this is going to sound a little goofy, okay? But for, you know, somebody who's been here forever, I'm I'm 60. So, you know, I've, I've got some miles in over here. But, you know, you were here for seven years and we kind of from where I sit, kind of feel like 
you know, our son grew up and went and took a, you know, took this big job at Alabama now. And so I'd, I'd be curious to, to ask you, you know, what have been some of the uh, major adjustments that you've had to make? You know, how have you had to, you know, grow up as an athletic director in a, in a job like Alabama? And, you know, how has it been different? I mean, you've been gone three years, so you've got some time in over there. So you have to, you've got a lot of experience to, to talk about from at Alabama already. Well, it's, um, you know, I, I was familiar with the SEC before because I, I was the fundraiser at Kentucky, and then I, I eventually became the AD at Mississippi State, which is only 75 miles away from Tuscaloosa. So, you know, I, I knew what sweet tea and grits were before we, you know, before Regina and I ventured back out. We, we uh, you know, we love Tucson. Our, our youngest son, Davis, is still living there, just graduated last year from U of A and, and, uh, and still have a lot of people that we're very close to in the Tucson community. And, and so I, and I always used to say publicly that, that U of A and the two schools in the PAC 12, I thought were closest to what the sec is was U of A and Oregon. They're, you know, both college towns, even though certainly Tucson is a very large college town and where they're the only games in town and there's, there's passion for the university, uh, 365 days a year. And that, and that was to me was a separator for Arizona, and we and we tried to we tried to use that to our advantage sometimes real well, sometimes maybe not as well as, as what we would have liked. Um, but coming but coming here to Alabama, um, you know, I had a I had an idea what it would be like, and and you know, and I I struggled with it. Um, I, 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 and Steve and I have talked about this before. I you know I. I had uh, I I had other opportunities to potentially be involved with other schools at Arizona, but Regina and I really liked it there a lot, and we had raised our kids from middle school on up, basically in Tucson, and both our kids were there. And at the same time, too, I, I kind of felt after seven years that that I was uh, I was you know I, I was ready for for a new start in some ways, and you know and and it was something where when we came here. Um, we, uh, we, we jumped right in and, and I did take a little bit of time off between the two schools just to try to recharge the battery a bit. Um, but we jumped right back in here and, and hit the ground running. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest difference is basically, I know anytime I, uh, do an interview or anytime I say something, I know it can end up on sports center if it, if it has, <laughs> if it has enough, uh, you know, either controversy tied to it or. What have you? Uh, Coach Saban tonight is doing doing a, a bit with uh, with Scott Van Pelt show. They'll have him. I don't know if it's be live. It's, it was taped. Excuse me, but that'll be one of the main features. And so everything you do here, you know, obviously I don't I don't um, I don't get quoted like Coach Saban does, but I I know that people pay attention not only within that the state of Alabama, not only within the southeastern footprint, but but really nationally. And and um, I, I got to go to. Uh, uh, China not too long after I came here and I was walking through the, the Hong Kong airport and I have a, I have an Alabama, uh, pullover on and some guy just comes out of nowhere running up at me going, roll tide, roll tide. And so, you know, and, and Arizona's have that. I, I remember being in, in, in London and having a guy come running up to me and tell me he was an Arizona fan. And, and, uh, and so that's one of the things Arizona has is a heck of a following. I, I think it's just maybe, you know, it's maybe a bit on steroids here and, <laughs> and, uh, and both, both are great places. 
And it's, but it's, it's fun to, it's fun where, you know, one of the things I loved, one of my favorite things in Arizona was Friday night or Saturday night at High Corbin and, or, 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 you know, Friday or Saturday night at, at softball and those night games and the sense of community at, you know, at Hillebrand Stadium. Um, and, and the, and the fun thing is that those things can be here too. We usually lead the country in softball attendance here. Hopefully once baseball continues to improve, we'll, those, will, those will increase. So, you know, in some ways, guys, I see a lot of similarities between the places and, and that's because it's, they're good people. They're, they're passionate fans that care a lot about the university. And, um, you know, I think, I think here, the, uh, you know, the thing that we have, which is, which we're fortunate for and, um, you know, we've got some resources to really invest in our programs uh, from a student athlete experience. Um, we've got, uh, you know, our mental health, uh, what, the, Dr. Amy Athey, when I was there, there was, she did a great job, wonderful job from a mental health standpoint, but she was, she was busy as can be. Uh, just trying to support 500 kids with one, you know, one person, and that was tough. And uh, and so I think that's one of the things in today's world. It used to be not, you know, as long as you all been around 30 years ago, you weren't doing the same level of support around a student athlete as what you're doing today, uh, academically, athletically, socially, mental health wise, nutrition wise, and um, you know. And so those all take resources to do that, and and uh, and Arizona's got some real strengths to it, and 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 at the same time too, we're fortunate to have those here at Alabama as well. I assume you're walking around the campus or in your office wearing, at times game day, a different shade of red uh, in the pants in the top. Yeah, I, I have a I have a crimson coat. I bought it right when I got to town. I I. I I, ha- I haven't bought any crimson pants uh, like I was. I would wear those. Remember when the I don't know if they were Dockers or whatever that came out. Oh, we How can we forget? Those. How can we forget? <laughs> we definitely yeah. remember those. Yeah, Regina. I don't know if Regina was too proud of me when I drove those on, but I, you know, <laughs> got to have you got to have the spirit. And uh, you know, it's one of the things I always say: take your you take what you do very seriously. You don't have to take yourself that seriously. <laughs> Hopefully, you can have some fun in the process, but. Um, you know, there, there's plenty. Of, you know, it's interesting here. Here we, we've got crimson, crimson and white, but you got the houndstooth too from Coach Bryant. When Bear Bryant, you know, would wear the houndstooth hats, and so you still see a lot of houndstooth around as well. Um, and and one of the things they do it's a little different here. You can you can go down to one of the local you know men's stores, and they have all the Peter Millar golf shirts, and they have them in about every color you could want. So people and they just throw the crimson A on. I was wearing, I'm actually wearing a light blue Peter Millar shirt right now, and it's got a crimson A on it. So they'll, they'll, they'll throw it about on any color shirt that they got around here. I, I predicted that you had a plaid red jacket. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just that, solid. I, I'm a little disappointed. I can't, I, so John Court, the, the gymnastics coach, I left that because he's, he's, he's a big fellow like me. And that coat fit him. So he's actually worn it he's, every time they compete against the Devils. Uh, he wears that and sends me a picture. So, and that, that's why you know there's such good coaches at Arizona. Um, you know, there are great coaches when I got there with the, with the Mike Candreas of the world. Uh, I mean, you're talking I mean, John Wooden, John Wooden softball. He's the, he's the Nick Saban of softball for to have him there. And you know, Dave Rubio and the great job that he's done with the program over the years. And you know, we're excited. We brought in Laura Ionello, and she's done a great job. And you know, and I know um, you know it didn't end the way you wanted to, but Rich Rod had a lot of exciting times that he was there, and you know I was proud of the job that Adia's done and Jay Johnson, and you know, they, and there's just that's the thing about Tucson, 
is it, people want to go there and they want to be a part of it. And I understand why guys like Kendrea have Stan Rubio have stayed there as long as they have because it, it, it's such a wonderful community with great people. Is it just uh, are college towns college towns or there's a big difference in the college towns? There, there's differences. I mean, um, Starkville, Mississippi is a lot different than Tucson, Arizona. And we, and you know, we were in Starkville for four years, and we really enjoyed it. There, Regina was named Ambassador of the Year, which is like Citizen of the Year uh, there, because and we really, we, you know, and we're. If you would have told me, Steve, that 15 years ago that I'd live in Starkville, Mississippi, and really enjoy it, I would have said, you know, I might as well have thought I'd move to Ethiopia, right? And we loved it there. We had a great time, and, and I never thought I'd live in Tucson, and we liked it there. And I think it's about what you make out of the community that you're in. But college, college towns are special. And I do think there's real value from your college experience to be the only game in town. And, you know, we tried to – we would try to make sure everybody knew that we were the college town in the, in the state of Arizona, and and, uh, and we tried to have some fun with it. Rivalries, you know, there's, you've got to be careful not to cross certain lines. But it's it's okay to have fun with with your rival in a in a hopefully in a spirited good way. But I I love college towns and and I think I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. It's, I love Tuscaloosa and we've really have felt accepted here and and it's a town of about it reminds me a little bit of Eugene because it's a town of just about a hundred thousand and um, and the center of the community is the university and and you think about it in Tucson about all roads lead to the U of A don't they. Uh, they do, and that's and, and that's what you know. Right there, when when you're when you get to Speedway and everything's right there, it's you know you know you're you know you're in a college campus, and, and, and Tucson's a big one, but it's a college town. Well, let me ask you about the rivalries because that's that's something that always interests me. Uh, you know, I, I again having grown up here, my, my disdain for AS all things ASU. I, I don't I don't know that there's too many people in town that have it worse than me but um you know when you talk about the u of a asu rivalry and there's a you know sometimes it's gotten a little out of hand you know compare that to the you know to the alabama auburn rivalry and and how people get along or don't get along and what are the what are the you know areas of you know where they have the toughest time with each other i guess is the way to say that yeah i think that i think in the pac-12 the two best rivalries are Arizona, Arizona State, and Oregon, Oregon State, where there's the focus on it year-round. Um, and, you know, there there weren't many days, I don't think, in the Arizona Athletic Department where we didn't talk about Arizona State at some point, and, I, and I'm pretty sure they were they, – uh, if I had to guess, there was a discussion or two about Arizona every day. And, and that's where there's that focus 365 days a year. You know, here, the, the biggest difference here, we don't have any pro sports. Right, we've got Atlanta's from where I'm sitting here in Tuscaloosa is about a three and a half, four hour drive away. So you got some pro sports there. You got pro, the Saints down in New Orleans. Um, but if you, I don't know if you guys got to watch the 150 years of college football uh, uh, series that Ivan Mizell, Ivan Mizell, excuse me, did. I mean, it just really showed, and it, it was national, but there was a lot of focus on the SEC on there. It's 365 days a year. There's there are no pro sports, and and you have some decent sized markets in Birmingham and Montgomery and Mobile, um, and and so the the intensity of it. The other thing, just being very um, transparent, the other thing that we have here, one of the things for your family is Jay, is that you you're multi generational, right? 
Yes. You were from you were from Tucson, right. if I remember right. And so it was you grew up in it and that helped create the rival rivalry and the passion that you had for that rivalry. One of the things about some of the western cities, and again, not a criticism at all, it's just different, is there you don't have those same level of multi-generations. When you go to a ball game here, when you go to the Iron Bowl, people you're, you're going to see grandfathers and grandmothers and their sons and daughters and their sons and daughters. And sometimes, you know, you may even have great grandma and grandpa there. And so you're going to sometimes have three and four generations um, all there who have grown up around it and accustomed to it. And one of the, one of the jokes they'll say down here is, you know, when you meet somebody uh, that you don't know, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask you a couple of questions. They're going to first of all say, you know, who's your kin? So who's your family? And then they're going to say, are you a Baptist or a Methodist? Even though you know there are a lot of Catholics down here too. And then they're you're going to they're going to say, are you are you Alabama or Auburn? And those are the things that are going to define you. And that and that's from one end of the state to the other. And and so I think I think that's one of the things. One you know you could see and I could see that in in Tucson when you would see those multi generation Arizona Wildcat families. And 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 that's and that is you'd see the 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 belief and, and love for the program, which certainly took place in a lot of things, you know, we're first generations, but it, you could see it, those roots would go even deeper when you'd see those multi-generations. And so um, I think what you just see is more of that here because, you know, you, there's just been people that have lived and stayed here and had their anchor, anchor down um, to where, where their roots are. And I think that, I think that makes an impact if that makes sense. Is it, is it, political at all because it, it it always has been here you know because you know with with the legislature up in phoenix and then things going on down here i mean it's it's reached even way beyond the schools or is it just kind of stick to the schools you know I, I, in alabama it's not as much political uh, i think the, the the local government or the state government here is is has got has got a lot of people from both schools and then other schools as well Next door, when I lived in Mississippi, it was when 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 I became the AD at Mississippi State, the the state government was dominated because the law school was was at Ole Miss was dominated by Ole Miss, and there was actually an effort. It was a group, political group, a political action committee called Bully Block that got started to identify and cultivate more people to go into the to the state government offices tied to Mississippi State. So you'll see that. Um, and, uh, and I, and that was something that, you know, I think can, can really help. And, you know, as funding takes place for higher education and everybody's out trying to, to find their opportunity to fund their, their entity as, as best as they can. Uh, so sometimes the politics come into it, but I, you know, from what I've sensed in dealing Montgomery is the state capital here. When I, when I've been in Montgomery and, and dealt with the, um, and been around our, our state representatives, I, I find it to be a pretty mixed bag of people uh, tied to multiple schools, including both Alabama and Auburn. Greg, we appreciate you joining us. A lot of fun. You betcha. Hey, thanks for having me. Good. How long has the show been on? I, I, I started. I started right. Yeah, Steve's been on. Steve's been had was solo for a while, but uh, he invited me on a. This is my third full week now, and uh, we've been having a great time. Having, you know, we had Terry Francona on on Friday, and uh, we got some other uh, other great guests coming up. So we we do appreciate you you joining us. I I just love hearing the perspective of you know guys who 
have been here, know us, but also, you know, have a perspective from outside. And that's really one of the things that we're trying to do. So we really, really appreciate you joining us and hope you had fun. And uh, we'd like to, you know, we'll get you again at some point. Yeah, if you run out of guests to have on, let me know, and I'd be happy to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Okay. Thanks Appreciate it. Uh, say hey to the family. Right, you betcha. Good. Bye-bye. That was Greg Bye-bye. Byrne, Bye-bye. former U of A AD. Uh, we're a little over. Let's go take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice. That was good. For nearly seven decades, Hughes Federal Credit Union has been there for its members through good times and bad. We know that by working together, we can achieve great things, like addressing your financial needs during these uncertain times. We're available for you by phone or online, via our website or mobile app. Our drive-up windows are open, and we're available to help you in our branch lobbies by appointment. We've got your back today, tomorrow, and for decades to come. Visit HughesFCU.org, insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Wide in the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. That was Greg Byrne. Nice to talk to, catch up to Greg Byrne. This is one of yours, isn't it? Stevie Wonder? It is Stevie. Stevie all day over here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah Good th- show. It, it was fun to talk to him. You yeah. know, I, I, I love, like I said, I love hearing, you know, how things are, you know, going with somebody who, you know, I mean, I know Greg. He was a he was an AD at Mississippi State, who so he was already in the SEC. But you know, I I really think you know he cut his teeth here at Arizona. He was here seven years, did some big stuff with the the Lowell Stevens facility, the renovation of McHale. Hired a couple of coaches. I thought he hired one of you know one of the best coaches we've ever had in Rich Rod. And I know things went sour there, but um, you know we we had some fun while he was here. You know, and and at forty five years old, he's the he's the AD mm-hmm. at Alabama. You know, dealing as he said dealing with national media and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get on the phone line now. We have Ron Hess, one of my great advertisers. Ron, how are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you for having me. Let me tell you, when, when you came on as one of my advertisers, uh, the Window Depot, I'm thinking there's loot back in my day, loot in his, in his name, and then you have Sean now, and Mr. On, and now Ron Hess, that voice. How could you not miss that voice? <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It's actually funny. I met you many years ago. I was on uh, a friend of mine, Dennis Barkley. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, thing. yes. He, he, I went on the, the Oregon trip with the team and with Dennis, and I met you one day at the hotel. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, one of but, the accounting uh, was, guys. I think he was an accountant. You bet. Yeah. You bet. He was, he was Lute's accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you dealing with all this? You're everywhere. Uh, commercials, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how are you dealing with all this? Well, what we've done is, uh, you know, we made a commitment that uh, we were going to, we were allowed to stay open, first of all, but the government found us uh, as an essential business. And uh, because of that, we decided, well, we, we need to protect our people that work for us. Uh, we went on a rampage of cleaning our facility. Mm-hmm. We have uh, five, six full-time people. That's all they do is clean our factories every day. And then at every one of our stores, we also spend a lot of time cleaning, cleaning the restrooms, uh, making sure our our, uh, our customers and our employees feel safe that uh, uh, that they can come to work every day, or that the employees can a shop can shop our stores and they're going to be safe. We ask them to wear masks if they don't want to. That's okay, but we we uh, we do the social distancing. So so far so good, and and we've been very fortunate. We are incredibly busy. That's good. That's good to know. Um, yeah, you, you, you've been around a while. Um, you, I'm sure you can talk a lot about the good old days in sports. What about the current mm-hmm. days in sports? Uh, I'm talking, well, local, know, I'm talking know, locally. Yeah, locally. You know, it, it's. I used to be a football, basketball season ticket holder, and then uh, 
I had a couple of down years a few years ago, and I gave up my football seats. I had, I had some really nice uh, uh, Loge box seats, and and uh, but part of that was my basketball tickets. And when I tried to go back and buy them, you know, they weren't available with the same kind of deal. If you bought Lowe's, you got Lowe's football, you got basketball. And so, you know, fortunately, you know, I do a lot of media, so I get I get a lot of free tickets. But, you know, it's a little disheartening. I think what we miss is these kids have been around here for three, four years. You know, it's like I'll use Corey Williams as an example. Um, I sponsor uh, uh, Corey's basketball. In, I'm one of the sponsors in Corey's league in the summertime, and I have for many years. And in the beginning, you, you, many, many years ago, when Luke was the coach, we had a lot of UVA players. We had a lot mm-hmm. of team of college players. Had a lot of kids that would come in town just to play. Now there's no U of A players, and, and the league suffered a little bit. But Corey, Corey's a magnificent promoter, and he's done a great job with it. And uh, It's kind of disheartening. I've just found out today that there will be no league this summer. But things like that, you know, it's changed, and I think a lot of it's changed because we don't get kids that hang around for three or four years. You know, you don't even get to, you know, feel comfortable with them, know their names. And, right. uh, you know, in the, in the old days, they were, gosh, Sean Elliott and Steve Kerr and Jason Terry, you know, three, four, Miles Simon, you know, just hung around for a long time. And it, it made it so much nicer because you really got into the teams. And, uh, you know, I used to tell all my friends when, you know, you'd hear the hue and cry about, you know, it's time to be done with Dick Tomey. Just be careful what you wish for. And look where we are now. Exactly. Uh, so, exactly. That's, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that we've always always thought you know i'm I'm a believer in the in the whole idea that uh you know particularly as it relates to basketball it's just too darn hard to put a team together when you're putting a new you know eight new guys you know every year and i'm not a coach so i I can't you know i can't speak to all of that but it's from where i sit it just seems like it's awful hard and the you know the great teams that arizona has had in the past they've always had guys who've been here a while and and i'm talking about basketball Sure. Yeah, it's the truth. And, you know, you look at teams like Gonzaga. Well, they're doing it with kids that have been around three, four years. And so the kids are out there. It's just that I think, you know, we're, we've are we caught up in this, well, we got to have nothing but five-star recruits. Well, you know, how many five-star recruits did Lute always have? You know, there was Sean Elliott and a bunch of uh, you know, McMillan. He was probably the next biggest recruit in those days. And then uh, we had Steve Kerr and Anthony Cook and, and uh, you're gonna you make me cry. <laughs> you're gonna make me cry, Ron. I, those good old days stuff is gonna make me cry. <laughs> you, you bet. Well, there was a lot of good old days. Yes, yeah, sir. All yes. the way up until until Lute's retirement. My goodness, let me, there was a lot of kids that that played three years for Lute. Let me uh, let me ask you real uh, quick, Cole. We have you. We have about a minute. If if that your sure. best moment that does not include the national championship game in basketball. Wow, the night uh, Clyd Reeves lit up uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan, uh, that was the best night ever. Um, he just lit him up, and I always tell a story. He, he lit up Jalen Rose. Between that and the time that Rooks fouled out uh, Shaquille, those were great nights. Look at you. I like it. <laughs> you got some good stuff in that brain of yours. Hey. Yeah, uh, man, there's still some things hanging out in there. We're going to have you back on. We're going to have you back on, obviously. This is your first time in uh, after all these years, but you're, you're going to come back re- uh, regularly. Thank you. I, I promise. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Hey everybody! We just uh, just got word our guest tomorrow, Steve Kerr, will be on Eye on the Ball tomorrow. Join us at six o'clock again, and you'll get a get a chance to hear Steve Kerr's perspective on things that are going on right now. Great, thank you, Jay.